Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Jan Erbach, and today we're studying Masachet Yoma, Daf Pei Hei, page 85. Today I'd like to talk about two different passages on our Daf, really magnificent, beautiful, um, grand principles that are announced in our, in our Gemara today. The first is at the bottom of page 85a, where um, the question is asked, from where do we derive the principle that pikuach nefesh, saving a life, docheyat Shabbat overrides Shabbat? And we're given actually seven different answers in the Talmud. The first three, offered by Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Akiva, and then Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, are uh, what we call kalvachomer arguments, um, roughly equivalent for the lawyers who are listening to an a fortiori, where we draw a logical inference from one case to another. The Gemara then offers three other possible um, derivations of the law of pikuach nefesh, um, which are rather different in tone, rather than being um, based on a, a logical argument in that way, they are interpretations of verses that look toward larger principles. And so, for example, Rabbi Yosef ben Rabbi Yehuda quotes Exodus thirty-one thirteen, Ach et Shabbatotai Tishmuru, only keep my Shabbatot, um, and concludes that whereas we might think the commandment to observe Shabbat is absolute, um, here the word ach is introduced to limit and qualify the commandment so that we have room to make the exception for saving a life. Um, the, the observance of Shabbat is not an absolute, unqualifiable commandment. This, the next explanation that is given is by Rabbi Yonatan ben Yosef, who brings another verse from Exodus, from chapter 31, 14, Ki Kodesh Hulachem, for Shabbat is holy to you. And he concludes that means Shabbat has been given over to you. You have not been given over to Shabbat. It should yield to the need to save your life, and your life doesn't yield to it. And then the um, sixth uh, similar argument, uh, similar, a little bit different, Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh, who quotes also from Exodus chapter 31, verse 16. This is the Veshamru paragraph that we know from the Friday night liturgy and the Shabbat afternoon Kiddush. Veshamru ben Yisrael, um, the children of Israel shall observe et Shabbat, the, shab- the Sabbath, la'asot et Shabbat l'dorotam, to make Shabbat, for many generations, forever. And Rabbi Shimon concludes, this teaches us that we violate on account of him, meaning the person whose life is in danger, one Shabbat, so that he may live to observe many Shabbatot. 
But then finally, the argument that ultimately carries the day, that is, uh, that the Gemara concludes is irrefutable, whereas the others um, all may be refuted, is the seventh, note the beautiful little literary touch there, we're speaking of Shabbat, this is the seventh opinion, which is the opinion of um, Shmuel, uh, brought by Rav Yehuda, who said in Shmuel's name, had I been there, I would have said that mine, meaning my proof text, is better than theirs. And what is that? V'chai behem. Quoting Leviticus 18, verse 5, You shall guard my decrees and my laws that a person shall carry out, v'chai behem, and live by them, i.e., that one should not die because of them. This is the um, only proof that ultimately the Gemara says survives all refutation. And um, my guess is that it's not only because of the, the logic behind the verse, but because it is the simplest and clearest statement of the principle um, and also the broadest. It applies not only to Shabbat, but to the halacha generally. Halacha is supposed to be life-giving. It is supposed to bring life and not death. Um, and the grandeur of that principle, I would suggest, it applies beyond just the question, actually, of literal life and death, um, but that it's a wonderful kavanah to think about the way that we want to live our Judaism um, and the way that we want to um, develop and embody our halacha, that, that halacha should be... Um, um, encouraging and nurturing of our fullest vitality. It should nurture, enhance, and enrich life, both um, the life of the individual and the life of the Jewish people as a whole. Immediately after concluding that this is the best argument, the best um, basis for the law of Pikuach Nefesh, the Gemara then introduces the final Mishnah of Masachet Yoma, and this is the Mishnah that finally um, deals with the question of atonement and forgiveness on Yom Kippur. We learn here in this Mishnah some of the most significant, uh, far-reaching, and, and really beautiful principles of atonement and the way Yom Kippur works. For example, the Mishnah tells us that one who says, I will sin and then repent, I will sin and then repent, is not given the opportunity to repent. Um, and one who sins with the intention that Yom Kippur will then atone for the sin, Yom Kippur does not atone for that sin. Um, we also have in this Mishnah the um, the famous statement that for sins ben adam lemakom for sins between a person and God Yom Kippur will atone, but for averot ben adam lechavero sins between a person and one's fellow, um, Yom Kippur does not atone until we seek and receive appeasement from the person that we've hurt. This is the Mishnahic um, basis for the practice of going and actually asking for forgiveness of the people that we've hurt before uh, Yom Kippur. Finally, the Mishnah ends with a, um, a lovely little drash by Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva quotes the verse from Jeremiah 17, Mikveh Yisrael Adonai, 
which um, literally means that God is the hope, the mikveh of Israel, but he plays on the mikveh as, um, on the one hand, hope, and on the other hand, the mikveh that we immerse in um, to purify ourselves and concludes just as a mikveh purifies the, uh, the tameh, so does um, God, the Holy Blessed One, purify Israel. Um, leaving us with the thought that uh, what we are doing really on Yom Kippur is immersing ourselves in the divine um, and that we, we spend the day in the synagogue um, not eating and not drinking and we are ultimately surrounded by God and it is, it's not the ritual but it's our willingness to be in the divine presence that ultimately brings our purification and and the forgiveness. Um, tomorrow we'll learn more about the way that Yom Kippur works to atone and the way Chuva works. Um, but for now, um, thank you for studying with me today and I look forward to continuing tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.